Good morning, everybody. This morning, I am delighted to welcome Dean Link in our podcast takeover from Scott Flair and One Day at a Time with the Turtle Program. Uh, Dean is an absolute mindset guru and has had an immense impact on my life and on so many other turtles. So we're pretty stoked that you're here with us today, Dean. I am absolutely delighted to be joining, although I just had um, a moment of realisation that I'm stepping into Scott's podcast, which hadn't really dawned on me until now, which, yeah, I feel like an imposter. I mean, I've got to try and live up to the the, the legend that is Scott Flair. Um, but always a delight to chat to you, Jax. So on that note, actually, you've, you've immediately woken up and got us thinking about being who we want to be and being our best selves in, in scary environments. So now that you are dealing with imposter syndrome and being Scott Flair, what are some tips and tricks you use in your own life to deal with imposter syndrome? Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> imposter syndrome is something that I spend a lot of my time like helping others because it comes from a genuine place whereby I've experienced it Um at times and to an extent where it's been really crippling in my life um and I guess kind of going back to go forward a little bit you know I'm from a really quite humble background um actually me and Ryan share um our family down in a place called Exmouth down on the coast um in a place called um Exmouth in Devon and uh yeah the mum hairdresser dad um was ex-military as a soldier um came out not long after I was born and uh it works for BT his whole life that's just retired um so you know from a um a place where you know I was always that kind of like I was the first child and um uh, you know I I'd always been labeled as this nice boy and you know uh, I guess was not academic in the sense that I was smart in terms of the, the results that I achieved as I sort of progressed through early school days and, and into kind of GCSEs and A-levels and university. But I was somebody that was, um, yeah, maybe, maybe a chip on my shoulder or at least was um, trying to prove something. Um, and maybe that was born out of trying to drop this label. But I guess that manifested in a fair amount of insecurity and inferiority perhaps and constantly needing to prove myself um and facing um i guess a narrative that played out in my mind at times to an extent that i realized later on that it was you know really quite crippling and anxiety inducing and you know you have those moments in your life where you're like i just need to do something about this Mm. I, i can't continue like this and something needs to change so I guess through the feelings and the emotions and the thoughts that I experienced, um, you know, in my teenage years, and we can go into some, you know, particular examples of where this was born out. But that was why I was massively passionate about psychology and understanding the mind and human behavior and why, you know, I sort of, I'm proud of being, you know, somebody who is a people person and, um, you know, that, that manifested um, through the influence of my upbringing. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but, but when it comes to imposter syndrome, um, you know, I, I, I can relate very easily to some of the common experiences that you might experience around that phenomenon. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like your why is driven a lot by, yeah, yeah, exactly what you were saying, where you came from and the stories that you had been brought up to believe about yourself and perhaps had told yourself. Were there any particular role models that stand out for you and kind of moving your mindset along over time? Yeah. Um, I always find this question really hard to answer. Um, because there isn't anyone that I would go like definite role model, but there's definitely some people that have had a significant um, impact in my life. Um, so you look at Professor Steve Peters and, you know, how he helped me personally, you know, from that point of, you know, going through university and not really enjoying it a huge amount and um, coming across his path and, you know, him really helping me to, kind of manage that anxiety you know I always use the example of like public speaking like Jack's honestly like I would at university I would avoid any possible situation where I could potentially be um, in a situation where I might even have to talk and I was like I just can't even give my opinion here because I'm definitely going to be found out for being a fraud and like definitely going to come across stupid um you know and that was that point in my life where I was like I can't carry on like this because it's not good for me and therefore not good for anybody else. Um, so Steve had a massive impact in my life. Um, and then, you know, for, for, throughout my life, I've had loads of mentors and I've always been somebody that's always seeked, um, you know, that counsel and that support and, you know, therapy, for instance, is something that I would a hundred percent encourage like people to do because, um, you know, it's, it's, it self-awareness is the absolute key, for you to going back to your point earlier, if we're wanting to live our life in a, in alignment with what matters, well, we need to understand what does matter and we need to understand what might hold us back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there, I find it really hard to answer the question because there isn't anyone that naturally comes to mind apart from there's like a chain of people that have had a, you know, an influence in the way that I've kind of, yeah, tried to navigate this weird and wonderful world that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, um, actually, you triggered something for me there when you were talking about your fear of public speaking. So obviously with Turtle, which was previously Live Like Louise, um, you weekly host catch-ups with large groups of women. Now, not only is it intimidating because we're asking you to public speak, but we're also <laughs> an intimidating bunch, potentially, just because of the large volume of women. Um, how have you overcome that and, and how are you finding it these days? Yeah, um, I, I, you know me well, Jackson. Um, I'm somebody that um, like speaks how I feel, so I'm really comfortable with being vulnerable. And I and I always start from the perspective that human beings are amazing, but we are fundamentally um, flawed, and you know we're imperfect. Um, mm. And I've I've learned that um, based on um, the way that I've evolved and the way that I've grown through life, um, the sooner you start to accept that, you can actually start to do whatever you want in life. So I guess the whole idea of like me wanting to help people is because I've gone, hang on a minute, like I'm not saying what I figured out is right because there's so many different techniques and ways in which you can overcome your challenge. But one of the things that I've learned is that acceptance is really critical for us to actually move forward in a way that matters to us. So, you know, the Zoom calls and the public speaking was overcome by really immersing myself, that kind of exposure therapy, as it were, to go into those situations and and sit with that discomfort and go, actually, this is fine. Um, and the more that I do this, the more that I'm going to be able to overcome and face those difficulties that, you know, I've um, I faced. And, you know, Zoom is a is a really good example where, um, you know, it just you get more comfortable with it. And, you know, you, you learn from those mistakes and you treat them as lessons. Um, 
but you're also lovely it's you know i can't really I, you know it's, it's great banter everybody's lovely to each other it's all supportive um and and my point here is that you know there's nobody that i know and you know i've been really fortunate to have supported some pretty high performing people and they struggle with the same things mm. they struggle with imposter syndrome they struggle with self-doubt and you're going hang on a minute like we all suffer from this and actually like as soon as we can start to kind of admit that and have that serious conversation with ourselves and say that's okay then you can move forward but it's that kind of um are you willing to go there in terms of facing that and um you know finding your way of being able to overcome it do, do, yeah. do you resonate with that Jax? I oh, completely I'm, I'm sitting here nodding um yeah no definitely resonate I mean I don't know if you remember and, and probably not but when I was just a face in the crowd of, of all the new joiners and new to turtle I didn't talk on any of the zooms until the last third of the octagon challenge because I was so intimidated I've grown up being afraid of speaking because I've got a unique voice and I've had lots of positive and negative feedback about that so to go from there and with your coaching and the turtle program to even taking over Scott's podcast is just crazy to me and and a huge part of that is the role modeling and, and openness of um your story Dean and, and the story of other turtles that people have been brave enough to share which leads me to an interesting question just on that point just on that yeah. point Jax I think your example of like doing this podcast is a really great example that we can all learn from which is there's a really good opportunity here um that I would love to do because I know it's going to help me but then all of a sudden I've got this inner voice that probably feels like a bit of an imposter but actually like the way that I'm going to overcome this is by noticing that and actually continuing to do the thing that I want to do in pursuit of becoming a better person yeah I mean it's incredibly freeing when you feel like you're being your best self even if actually you did a post today about and if you don't follow Dean check out his Instagram um and the post today was around really appreciating the journey you're on rather than the destination but you said it in a way that was much more eloquent than I did just then um so it's part of it is is when you can see yourself growing and changing and and moving in a direction to be the person you want to be it is incredibly freeing and you the, the journey has so much more meaning when you start really seeing those positive changes in yourself yeah, no, hundred percent. I I had a I had a really interesting uh, conversation on day, and going back to this point around you know constantly trying to inquire, um, and there's a balance between that because sometimes we can overthink things, but you, you know developing that self awareness and that inquiry around what's happening, um, you know, to us psychologically can be can be really freeing from the perspective that we can do something with it. And I had a conversation with um, a psychiatrist on Friday actually. Um, and it wasn't that I was the patient and he was a psychiatrist. We're actually doing some work together, um, which really exciting. Um, that's going to be coming up in the future. And um, it kind of turned into um, sort of not not, um, not a therapy session, but <clears throat> we, we certainly were coaching each other. And um, one thing that really emerged, which really surprised me, and it, it triggered me initially, um, which was an interesting kind of um, avoidance response. But he said to me, um, you um have ever considered seeing anybody or perhaps you might have already been diagnosed with ADHD oh, wow. and I was like wow I didn't didn't see that coming no. I was like go on to, it's like explain a little bit more he was like well it's just really interesting like there's a couple of things that you've said and that I've noticed and I just wondered whether it might be something um, for you to explore so we um 
explored it because my initial reaction is like if yeah, people with adhd have like hyperactivity right you know there's a sort of um sort of like you know quite fidgety would be like the way that you might describe it and like i was like that's just not me i'm quite contained so i've i've learned like sort of strategies to try and manage how i might be feeling and um i i explored it a little bit further and um there's actually um sort of two ways that you can diagnose it there's your typical adhd which is your hyperactivity but you can also have what they call a um adhd so i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna read this out um and some of the kind of symptoms that you might notice within this type of adhd is someone who um, often fails to give close attention to detail um, has trouble holding attention um, on tasks so gets easily distracted does not often seem to listen when spoken to directly doesn't often follow through on instructions and fails to finish tasks has trouble organizing tasks and activities avoids dislikes or is reluctant to do tasks that require mental efforts often loses things necessary for tasks and activities like your phone or wallet is often forgetful and is distracted by stimuli and when we went through this together i was like oh my that is me literally like word by word that is me now why why am i sharing this diagnosed as um not necessarily but what it um showed me which was really interesting was that sometimes a diagnostic or a coaching conversation can actually um, bring about um, a, a way that might describe you know some of the um, symptoms that you might be experiencing now for me I mean it'd be good to get your take on this Jack so there might be some things in there where I'm saying that's me and you go that's definitely not you because you might be seeing it in a slightly different way but what we find is that um, it isn't about the categorization that necessarily matters it helps us raise awareness of it so for me, over the years, I've developed coping mechanisms to make sure that I um, can, you know, manage some of those symptoms that I find difficult, like getting easily distracted. Mm -hmm. So the mindfulness-based activity that, you know, I would talk people through, I've really practiced over and over again so that I can try and find ways so that I don't get distracted, so that I can refocus my attention. The things like forgetting things, I do it all the time. And I'm like, this is probably why. And actually, like, for me, it's like going okay, well, that's great. But like, what can I do about that? How can I celebrate this as being like a real super strength? Because I think it is. Yeah. I think like, you know, we're not good or bad. We're just humans that have been influenced by um, things and personality, et cetera, that means that the this is where our energy goes. So I'm like, actually, this is like amazing because now I can do something about it. Um, you know, when I constantly go onto Zoom calls um, and I'll say, and I'll do this, Jack. So I'll be like, right guys, I'm just about to press record and literally I'll get distracted and I'll forget about two seconds later. Um, <laughs> so, like, genuinely like, and like losing things all the time. So I'm yeah. like, okay, well, I have a better like kind of micro system for me to help, um, you know, help me navigate some of these things that, you know, they're just not my skill set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, there are a lot of um, people listening probably, I know definitely turtles out there who, it's the unknown that's overwhelming and a diagnosis or uh, self-awareness or whatever you want to call it, um, a framework of some kind can give you that structure to problem solve within. So then you know what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter that you're dealing with it as much as knowing what you actually have to tackle in the first instance. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to go through life having, you know, maybe not had um, 
um, I don't know, therapy or, or a diagnosis around such a thing. You know, and, and, and it, it's a word, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's a, it's a diagnostic. Um, it, it's not black and white, but it might help you to overcome some of the things you might be um, challenged by. And that's why therapy can be great, because now I can trace back. And, you know, and I spend a lot of time um, kind of inquire around these things where there'll be some things that have happened to me in my life where I go, you know, that's what happens. But actually, like, it was my interpretation of what happened that created, you know, some of the perhaps stresses in my life. I always remember my A-level um, tutor said, Dean, there's no chance you're going to university. Mm. You know, so, you know, my instant thought from that was, um, you know, he's probably right. But then you think about it, you go, how dare can somebody, you know, say that to me? Because it's ridiculous. You can never tell somebody they can't do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So then you develop this belief that I would need to prove people wrong. And therefore, I should perhaps be a little bit um, cautious about, like, leaders' intentions. So that therefore, you might develop some rebellion-type um, behaviours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just interesting to go back because when you can explore what happens, you can retell the story um, in a way that perhaps serves you right now. You kind of recalibrate your values. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm I completely agree with it. A big changing moment for me was um, when I was oh, about 14 that I had carried with me through a 14 year old lens, and it was only when you started talking about that, you know, as an adult, if I had observed a coach talking to a child the way that that coach was talking to me, what would I have done? How would I have perceived it? What would I have thought? And suddenly, the blame that I'd carried from being a kid her thinking about it as an adult was just yeah incredibly and served me so much better as you say today so yeah you also it. like you learn to forgive yourself that's mm-hmm. the liberating thing from this because it's that moment where you realize that actually the only person that can change is you and therefore if you create the story then you have the ability to change it so you actually then take responsibility for it mm. you know that example that i've used a few times when my mates would say to me you know you can see how this becomes like a real self-fulfilling um um self-fulfilling prophecy around you know you know you come with some stupid things sometimes and by the way I definitely did like we're kids right you say stupid things yeah but then and goes well well you know they're absolutely right you know I I didn't do very well at school I'm not very academic they're all super intelligent so therefore you label yourself as a stupid person Mm. okay Mm. and as I you know explored this um the self-inquiry piece I looked back and I was like what happened here well that's what they said okay but actually I was the one that created the suffering through this narrative that played out afterwards so I became I became like a character in my own fictional story and then I was like ah that's really interesting because I created that so I can now go hang on a minute that's not true that's not the facts like this is who I am these are my strengths and this is what I value in me so um yeah I just waffling on a little bit but I kind of find it all quite fascinating no, it is fascinating. What I was also thinking, I recently had a new baby girl, little puppy, and mm. that's super exciting. Congratulations. Um, but I know it wasn't easy and that um, Poppy faced a, some big hurdles to overcome for such a tiny baby. And I was wondering, you know, we talk a lot about reflective mindset and, you know, the past and, and revisiting the past, but were there any particular skills or you know, practices you, you put in play to help you get through such an incredibly emotional and traumatic period for your whole little family? Yeah, it's um, it's a great question. And I guess that I'll probably answer this in a different way, um, you know, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years. But it was a fairly 
acutely stressed moment. Um, so Poppy's, um, blimey, how old is she now? She's like 13 weeks, I think. So she's pretty young, had a challenge in pregnancy in terms of some uncertainty. And then just really quickly at the six week scan, um, the luck, lucky sort of like checkup with the GP, they, they realized that cut a long story short, she had heart failure, which meant that she had to go and have surgery, um, which didn't work and then had to have surgery the following day, which is more open heart. Um, and there was a genuine moment where the world stood still and me and Mandy thought we were going to lose her, um, which was um, the first time where I felt like um, I had experienced pretty um, acute stress. And, um, you know, so there's this kind of like, how do you like, how do we manage that in the moment? And then what's your reflections from that? But in the moment, if I'm being honest, Jack, it's like, it's, it's really quite hard to deal with that because there's mm. not really much you can do about it when you're told um, that the surgery will probably be done in 20 minutes and that you know it carried quite a big risk of her being cut because of the bruising that she might have had to then still be waiting three hours later um you know that th there's a time where you're like i know i'm going to find out about this um but the brain was kind of looking at the probabilities that it might be something that's you know not the outcome that you'd expect or want um so the way that me and mandy kind of managed this is that we're walking around london um progressively getting more and more anxious and catastrophizing and um you know it being um <clears throat> you know as i said like a an outcome that we were hoping that wouldn't be the case but mm -hmm. but i guess we co-regulated each other by having those moments whereby one of us would have like an outburst of like either tears or um you know trying to rationalize in that moment um and she would do the same and then i would calm her down so actually like that was quite helpful for us. So I guess the learning from that is the the power of sharing and, and talking about it. Um, because, you know, when, when it's in that acute moment um, and you know that you're going to find out quite soon, you've got to try and just find your way, but knowing, know in your mind that, you know, it'll pass whatever the outcome is. And I know it's quite a cold way of looking at it, but you know, it's, um, you know, you're, it's not something that's going to potentially last um, forever. And that's the way that we managed it. But I think when you go through experience like that, you've, well, certainly I do anyway, thinking quite cautiously as about how, what impact does that have on you that therefore may rub off in the environment that you may therefore create for that child that's coming into your space. Mm -hmm. So straight away, you can see how there's a lot of, um, you know, potential to go down the path of worrying and protecting her, you know, mm -hmm. got this child at all costs and therefore, you know, do you become that parent where, you know, you're risk averse and you try to save them all the time. And I know that's real contrary to Mandy and I's beliefs. So, you know, we're, we're aware of that and we have to help each other to make sure that we don't create a, um, you know, overly protective or crippling environment because we know that that will manifest in all sorts of trauma down the line. Mm. And it reminds me, actually, you once talked about, you know, the importance of understanding your why and understanding your values and um, my sister actually once pointed out to me that if you get into crisis situations, if you have clarity and agreement on what those shared values are with your partner or in a team, then in those crises, you're so much more better able to cope because you're aligned emotionally on what you want to be and what you want to act in and it's kind of the tougher decisions that you have to make and sounds like you and Mandy have shared values and, and little poppies set up for success there yeah well I th 
every context is different in it, Jax. You know, in, mm-hmm. in a different pressure situation, you know, you'd have a maybe a different framework or um, technique that you might use. But you know, certainly in a when I've been in other pressure situations, you know, you're right. You know, you need that sense of clarity as to what the mission is. You need, you know, everyone needs to understand what their role is within that. You know, you know, need to make sure that trust is the foundation for you know working off that shared goal. But yeah, in those moments, it's literally like, what can we do to help each other to manage what is a quite terrible situation? Um, but we will get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wouldn't want to wish it on many people. But um, you know, these situations that don't look back and go, you know, these are failures. These are you know, these are genuine les- lessons that you can choose to um, you know help you grow. Mm-hmm. Amazing, though. amazing mindset there. Um, and then I have had a number of questions come through on Instagram asking how you're Bring finding how many how many inappropriate questions <laughs> many many um, about uh, inappropriate actually. So I'm not going to say. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're just about to go into it. Come on, bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. Well, let's start with the easy one. Um, what I was going to smoothly move into was, um, what are you enjoying <laughs> most about fatherhood? What am I enjoying most about fatherhood? Um, <laughs> I can't help now think what questions are going to come. My mind is like trying to control the situation, be like, what is she going to say? Um, enjoying about fatherhood. Um, I just love it in every single way. And you just don't quite know until you have that little baby in front of you as to what it's going to feel like. But the sense that you've like created this amazing human being and that you can just give it the cuddles and the like constantly like kissing her on the head. It's just, um, yeah, again, going down to that kind of like smothering her, <laughs> protecting her. It's just so lovely. And I just, yeah, it's it, it, a conversation that me and Mandy have at the moment, which is really live. And it's, it's so important. Communication is I don't want to become this person that um, feels like I have to work the whole time because I love my job. Like I don't want to be, you know reflecting back in a year's time going I've missed it all so I'm making real conscious um um decisions and uh taking you know conscious action to make sure that I'm putting in you know a good a chunk of time each day to spend it with her mm. which is really important to me and then that's it's awesome um there were a number of questions in terms of your chunks of time that you spend each day uh how much time is dedicated towards your scarf choice I actually think that I need to expand my choice because um, being somebody who loses things quite a lot, I've lost many scars in my <laughs> Um many a scars, and they um, they are my pride and joy. Um, to be honest, I don't spend a huge amount of time because I'm getting to that age now, Jax, where I don't really care about what I look and feel like. Um, not not for, I care what I feel like, but I'm getting to that age where Mandy's like, Dean, you need to sort your wardrobe out, mate. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, Probably do. Probably need to buy a few more scarves. Fair enough. Um, uh, you had a specific question from Scott asking, what colour scarf does your chimp wear? What colour scarf does my chimp wear? Um, probably some sort of like green and red scarf because um, it will remind me of Scott, who's the biggest gorilla chimp that I know. <laughs> and actually, for those listening, if you, you haven't... Um, learned about the mental monkey or the chimp um have a look at dean's instagram what is your instagram dean dean leak coach awesome so give dean a follow i can highly recommend how was your um how was your conversation with scott by the way i actually haven't 
I, I hear too much of his voice um, <laughs> on a on a on a almost daily basis. So um, I just haven't got the time to listen to it. But was it useful? Oh yeah, no. It's, he, he's he's got those dulcet Welsh tones which soothe every situation. So um, yeah, no, great person for me to speak with to start this new adventure for me and and taking over his podcast and he you know really insightful guy really smart guy so yes, it was awesome hate, 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 hate to admit it um i don't know if you talked much about vanity but um i know that's something that he really values quite a lot <laughs> uh, um, which actually is a question that a few people have asked is how did you get involved <laughs> with not scott's vanity but um liberal like louise which is now turtle yeah no it came out of ryan so me and ryan were exchanging a couple of messages at the time because as i said like we've got some family back in devon and we 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 hadn't really interacted a huge amount up until um when was it 2019 i think it was we exchanged some messages and um we obviously shared interest in personal development and mindset and I sent him the article which you'll totally resonate with Jack's around commitment versus motivation and he was like oh this is really cool like we need a bit of this um and then I met um Ryan and Squat up in a we work and it went from there had a session I think a couple of weeks later with Louise as well the four of us got together and we yeah we, we we mapped out some of the mindset stuff around the um octagon challenge and we we hit it off like a house on fire since then but yeah no I've you know I, as you as you know I, I deeply love supporting the community I really believe in the brands you know it's um you know I, I love being a part of the the family um you know everybody's great people and um you know I feel feel really lucky and privileged to be a part of a a really cool tribe so um yeah thank you and it's great to meet people like yourself Jax. It's you know sort of genuinely mean that and um you know all the back to the rings and um you know i love that the last question that's always been really interesting to me about what people respond so i'm going to ask you you've been given a turtle you can't give it away or sell it what would you do with the turtle that's a really random question mm-hmm. i'm now overthinking this so speaking of them, I'm like, what what can I say that's either funny or really meaningful for both of them? Um, I think that because because I genuinely believe in the mantra of um, turtle and what it stands for in terms of slow and steady um, mm-hmm. and doing things in a consistent and persistent way and all of the things that we would discuss in terms of what that mantra stands for. Um, I, I would use that as a reflective symbol to keep me on track with the things that matter. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like a bit bullshitty and like, what the hell are you talking about then? Um, but like, you know, sometimes we need those like reminders of like, these are the things that matter. Mm-hmm. So we talk about like, you know, have your values, but like write down and be really specific about what that means to you in terms of a definition and your behaviors. And so for me, I would, I would, um, I would uh, I would keep it close to me as a symbol. Mm-hmm. And I would probably spin it around to remind myself that we need to have joy, um, our time, um, you know, time in our day that we go out and do the things that we really enjoy. Um, and spinning a turtle around would probably be quite cruel, but quite fun as well. <laughs> love it, I love it. But is your turtle gonna have a name? I think I'd have to call it Scott because. <laughs> It reminds me of, I don't want to be someone who's vain. Um, and uh, 
Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that I like about Scott as well. So, um, yeah, I'd probably call it Scott. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, uh, Scott the Turtle, myself, everybody listening, super grateful for your time this morning, um, Dean. And, yeah, thank you for all of your wisdom and insight. It's certainly really shifted. The Turtle are thinking of signing up. Um, you'll get to meet Dean. Um, I think you're doing weekly morning sessions, aren't you, in Octagon, is that right? Scott and I are just working through like what the best way is to achieve that um, yeah, through technology. So um, yeah, we'll get some clarity on that soon, but we will definitely be doing something mindset related for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, talking to Dr. P tomorrow. So. Wee, what a legend. Yeah, awesome.